welcome back to Building Billions. I have officially been married for two entire years to my person and my business partner, to the love of my life and the CEO of our company. So I want to share with you what I have learned in my two years of marriage. We've almost been together for 10 years, so I feel like the two years is uh, a small stat in comparison with a big stat of working together for almost a decade and being together for almost a decade and just all the things that come with that. So let's just get into it. Year two, what have I learned? First thing, people change. And on this like people change thing, I guess this, the part two would be, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Brandon Dawson used to be horrible at giving gifts. I would cry almost every birthday, anniversary, Valentine's Day, Christmas, like every moment where a gift was involved, I was always disappointed because he never put thought into it. It was always last minute. I knew it was last minute. And guys, I'm telling you that this has been this way for like seven years. Like for seven years, it was always just like a fight, an issue, a problem. And let me tell you, I realize that the man has gotten good at it. He has gotten to become a great gift giver. He thinks about it ahead of time. It is the right gift, not even the right gift, like it's a mind blowing gift. And I always used to look at those relationships and be just a little jealous of guys who just seem to care about gifts because Brandon just could not care less, was not interested, didn't wanna work on it, and to me, it seems so ridiculous because it was, it'd be such an easy thing. I feel like words of affirmation and uh, acts of service and quality time, like all of that stuff is hard. Gifts, especially if you have financial means, should be the easiest thing. And he just never got on the bandwagon. But I realized he's gone on the bandwagon and then some, which, you know, I'm not here to brag about how awesome the gifts are that he get, gives me. The point of this is to say... You can't lose faith in the person that you're with because they can change and they do change. And even if it might take longer than you thought it was going to take or it seems so simple to you, you just have to give people time and not lose faith in what it is you want and what they can become. And lowering your expectations doesn't work either. You shouldn't lower your expectations. I never stopped expecting that he would get better at this. And now that he finally is better at it, it makes me really happy. And I really value and appreciate the work that he puts into it. And I look back at my old self and like kind of chuckle that I used to get so worked up. But then I don't want to invalidate the fact that I used to get worked up because I do believe that all of those moments of getting worked up got him to take me seriously, that it was something that was important to me. So if your partner isn't doing something right now that you want them to be doing, just don't give up the hope and the communication around it being important to you and explaining why it's important to you and not making them wrong in what they don't do, but explaining like, hey, this matters to me. And it might sound silly to you. I get that it probably does sound silly to you, but it matters to me. So could you put more effort into it? And when you come at, come at it in that way, I'm telling you, it works. It just might take a little time. Okay. Oh, a similar line, but different. Number two thing that I've learned in my second year of marriage is 
you got to ask for what you want. People, you can't assume that your partner can mind read. You just can't. Whether you're the male, you're the female, doesn't matter. Ask for what you want. I know that this is something that is hard for both genders to do. And I get why. Of course, I have difficulty in moments or just with certain situations. It's, it can be uncomfortable to ask for what you want. But if you don't ask for what you want, you really are setting the person up for failure. You're setting the relationship up for failure. You can't expect that somebody's going to do something that they don't know that they're supposed to do. And even if you think you've communicated it, keep communicating it. Ask for what you want. And do it in a way that is just persistent but not naggy. That's always my goal. I'm going to be persistent. I'm not going to be naggy. I'll explain to you a situation that took place last week. Just a little insight. So, and I'm also going to tell this story as bipartisan as I possibly can. Because Brandon is not here to defend himself. And this is not a podcast for me to bash on my husband. So, here goes. This is going to be Brandon's side. We have lived in our new house in Arizona for two years. We have never had people in our new house besides family. We have not, we never had a open, um, or a, what are those called? Not open house. Housewarming party. We've never thrown a party. He's maybe had like a handful of people over four times. And it was like a small group of people and it wasn't to host them. It wasn't to have a dinner. And part of that is because the house is black and white. He and I don't like having a bunch of people over and like getting stuff on the walls. And we just like, we host people constantly. We see people constantly having them in our house. We just kind of decided we don't have to do that any longer. Well, Natalie decides a month ago to host our company's annual planning meeting with our leadership team, 22 people in our house because our leadership team said that they didn't want to do it in the office like we've done it in years past. And I looked at different hotels and availability and it was like $7,500 for two days to host this meeting. And I'm freaking frugal. You might not know this about me, but I'm frugal. And I was like, $7,500 is ridiculous. That is so obscene. Let's just do it at the house. So I surprised him the day before that we were doing this at the house and he was not happy about it for obvious reasons. We don't have people in our house. It was tight and all of, all of the above. So he's irritated. This was four days ago. He's very irritated, wants to just cancel the whole thing. And I just talked him through it. I was like, listen, I get that you're irritated. I thought we communicated about this. And here's, here's my trick. This is something that I've learned. When he's frustrated, I say, the last thing that I ever want to do is frustrate you. I work so hard every day to make sure that I never disappoint you. You are the last person on the face of this planet that I ever want to disappoint. I want you to think that I am a magical human being that can just make magic happen and never for a moment have you feel frustrated or upset or disappointed in me. So the fact that you're disappointed right now kills me with that are you able to get over this because I don't have another option and we are having people over here for the next two days and I don't want you to be in a bad mood about it even though you you have every right to be in a bad mood 
ladies, do you think he was still in a bad mood after I said all that? No, he was not. He was like, oh my God, like he's, feels like he's disappointing me by him being disappointed. So in that, you just have to ask for what you want. Like, I didn't want him to be disappointed. I'm asking him not to be disappointed. I'm not demanding it. I'm not saying, you know, you're being unreasonable. You don't make somebody wrong. You just ask for what you want. Hey, I don't want you to be disappointed. I see that you're disappointed. It's the last thing I want you to be. And when you communicate it like that in a non-make wrong way, chef's kiss. It's freaking magic. Okay, on to the next. What held our relationship together despite working together having frustrations, having things go wrong, having like miscommunications and just like stuff not go the way that we want it to. We have a responsibility to each other to keep creating in our marriage, to keep the goals alive, to keep the next target like fresh and in front of our faces. And one of the ways that we do this, and we did this actually on our anniversary was Uh, a little trick that Elena Cardone talks about in her book called Build an Empire. She talks about playing the lotto game. So sit down with your significant other and say, if we hit the lottery, what would we do? Where would we spend our money? Where would we spend our time? Like what would change about our life that would be a dream life? You have no boundaries. You have no restraints any longer. Like what would we do if we hit the lottery? And so we play this and it allows us to just refocus on what's important to us and solidify where we want to go and how we want to spend our time and how we want to spend our money. And it gets us excited. Like we're like, oh yeah, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And we've done this now for many years. I think the first time we played it was five years ago. And it re-inspires the create for us to figure out what do we want. It is impactful. I highly recommend you do it play the lotto game, especially when things feel heavy or shitty or difficult, the lotto game, game changer, because it helps you create in your marriage. Uh, With that, my second to last learning here is this idea that slowing down doesn't have to mean slowing down. Every once in a while, we will be moving a million miles a minute and things will seem crazy and he has to fly somewhere and I have to take this meeting and it's back to back all day and then we're rushing to the next thing and it it can feel like a little bit of a hamster wheel and this wheel that we've created is something we've created but every once in a while it just feels like we're just like going through the motions and what I've learned is you can still stay producing a lot and you can stay moving fast while still acknowledging that there are moments where you have to slow down. But the moment of slowing down doesn't mean that the entire hamster wheel, to use this analogy, has slowed down. Like you're still making progress and moving forward and continuing to go forward while in the moment, in very specific moments, slowing down enough to be appreciative, to be grateful to really take a look around and like acknowledge the beauty and the excitement and how far you've come. And just because you do that in a moment, you slow down for a moment does not mean that you've actually slowed down. And for me, I've found that with the two of us, it actually helps us move faster 
for a moment to slow down because most people don't actually need like some long vacation or like to, to totally back off of everything that they're doing because it's all too much. You just need a moment and it, you need to be intentional in that moment. Maybe it's a dinner. Maybe it's 30 minutes on your calendar. Maybe it's watching a television show. Like slowing down for a moment doesn't mean that you just have to feel this pressure that you've slowed down and you're taking a step back. And you can give yourself permission to just slow down for just a moment. And that's really helped us continue to be high performers, continue to put pressure on ourselves, continue to push harder in moments where it feels like we can't give anymore. And it's just, it's a lot. My last piece on this, my last piece of learning from the last two years is the more confident I become in myself, the more that I do the right things that make me happy, the more I am able to really support my husband and provide this cheerleading, wonderful, like, you got this babe environment for him. And when I look back at how I used to engage Brandon earlier, it's because I actually used to feel like threatened by how amazing he was that he would just, I I would feel like I would need to like smother him in order to not have him not spend time with me because I love spending time with him and I wanted to be with him so so much and when I can take a step back and really look at how I engage in our relationship now I can support him and his goals and his dreams and really just like let him be Brandon and him being Brandon doesn't have to negatively impact Natalie being Natalie And the more that I help myself become great and hold myself accountable and become disciplined in the things that I know that are important to me, the more I'm able to support him in doing those things and the more that I want what he wants for himself for him. And it doesn't have to be about us. It doesn't have to be about me. It's about supporting this person that I love that I really think is the core of a great marriage to want that person to succeed and to achieve their dreams and to just like have life by the balls like I want Brandon to feel like he just can do whatever he wants whenever he wants and it doesn't have to negatively impact me or I don't have to take offense to him not wanting to spend time with me I just want him to do him and be happy and because I feel that way about him this weird thing happens where he actually wants to spend more time with me it's crazy and what I used to want many years ago he wants for us himself it's not me forcing it on him And so the more you can support somebody else in their goals, their dreams, and you don't take offense to it or you don't feel like it's threatening to you and your position, the better off the two of you are and the better off you are. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and leave a review. The reviews make my day. It would mean the world to me. So go do that now. See you next time.